Just when you thought it couldn't get uglier on defense, Sunday happened. The Giants played a disastrous game of defense, just embarrassing. On their way to losing two out of three to the Reds for the second time this year, the Reds are the worst team in the league. So we're going to talk about what the heck is going on next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And how about where we start? We start with the Giants playing one of the uglier defensive games I've ever seen. And we, we have said that multiple times this year. It's just staggering how poorly they played defensively. It's contagious. It is embarrassing. I'm sure they are embarrassed. Like, I don't, they don't need, they're not like, oh, should we be embarrassed? They're embarrassed. Okay, so I'm not going to try to, yes, I am. I'm going to bury them a little bit. This was just unacceptably poor defense. And it was an Anthony DiSclefani start. He wasn't good, but the defense completely, completely made it much tougher on DiSclefani. The inning that things got completely out of control for DiSclefani, you could really make a case that it should have ended up being a 1-2-3 inning, but instead, what was it, seven runs came across in the inning, all scoring with two outs. I think the Reds got all 10 of their runs with two outs on Sunday, but the way it started, it was a ground ball to Evan Longoria, and this this ticks me off because for the second time in three days, the official scorer, I don't know who it was for this particular game. I think actually we can see it in the box score even if we wanted to, but I don't want to throw them under the bus too much. But so what happened was it's a ground ball to Longoria. He had to, he has to backhand it near the line, but then he has all kinds of time. It's a fast runner, but he took his time. He just like was he didn't throw it quickly because he was trying to make it a smooth, easy play. But then he still threw the ball in the dirt. Belt couldn't dig it out. And immediately, official scorer says base hit, which I just, you're being too lenient on the Giants defense by ruling that a hit. The A couple days prior, Alex Cobb hit a ground ball to shortstop. Brandon Crawford, instead of like coming in on the ball, it was just a ground ball to short. He starts backpedaling on the ball. So he let the ball play him. And so he's like moving backwards as he feels it. And then he throws. And I think the throw was high. And it took Belt off the bag. And they rule it a hit. It's just completely not a hit. And then the pitchers end up getting charged with a bunch of earned runs when you call it a hit. And that's also just the problem with fielding percentage is it's subjective to what the official scorer decides. And some home hometown friendly official scoring. And I think that that is not cool. Although it's friendly to Longoria and to Crawford, but not to DiSclefani and Alex Cobb. So that was leading off the inning. And so was the Crawford ball. The Giants 
so many times, especially lately, it has seemed like they're maybe coasting along. That's the thing is Di Scalfani. This was the third inning, I believe. Actually, I might have said the second inning, but he was coasting through the first two innings, just smooth, easy, looked like, okay, this is the Di Scalfani we know. But then leading off an inning to let a guy on base via a defensive mistake and to call it a hit, I just can't believe that. It is not a hit. Not at all. I mean, he had the ball. He had he just took his time and then made a bad throw. How is that a hit? It doesn't make any sense at all. I get it. Senzel is fast, but no, that's that's an error on Longoria. So then the next hitter is Aramis Garcia, former Giant, 188 average, 468 OPS as I look at the box score here. The likelihood of Garcia getting a hit was pretty low. So if you get that first out and you get Garcia out, then you've got the top of the order. And Di Sclafani struck out the guy leading off at the top of the order. And so that would have been three up, three down if you get through that inning that way. But instead, uh, Garcia bunted. He got the strikeout next. And then Drury hit a triple into the gap. And then Pham hit an 0-2 single. And then Votto hit a double and then Solano walked and then Reynolds came up and hit a ball to Slater and Slater comes in like two three steps like in on the ball from center field and then he's like oh oh no (laughs) and turns around and starts kind of sprinting back and the ball just drops in at the warning track and Slater can't get there he came in on a ball that ended up hitting the warning track so There was high winds. Slater has generally been a good defender. It's not like he's known to be bad out there. There were some communication issues he had last year, but it really, it was just more communication than his like grace and skill defensively. He's, he's one of their better defenders they have and the numbers back that up. Yet in a big spot, he made a critical mistake. And then there was, uh, Mike Yastrzemski making a throw to second base when there's a runner on first and there's a double into right field. Tommy Pham was probably going to be held up at third base, but Yastrzemski throws to second instead of to the cutoff man on the way home, and that allowed Pham to score. It's just like inexplicably bad. This is stuff that a high school team could probably do better, and I, I mean that. And that's harsh, but it's a reality for this one game. I'm not saying if you put a high school team out there over the course of a year that they would be better, but a good high school team might get out of that inning with a much better outcome than the Giants were able to in that third inning. And that's the truth. That is the reality of how poorly that inning went for the Giants. And that was the game. I mean, it's seven runs in the top of the third inning. It was seven zip and the game's basically over at that point. And Di Sclafani has to wear it, ends up with seven earned runs. I, if I'm Longoria, he had better go to the official scorer and say, you know what, that's an error. Please change that. I 100% think that that's an error. The Giants, because Di Scalfani getting hit for all of those runs, and then the Slater ball is not an error because that's how errors work, right? It's only an error if you like get there and then drop it. We don't call it an error if you just like completely run the wrong direction, run the wrong direction, and then have to reverse course and then you just can't quite get there somehow that's not an error that's like that is a perfect example of why errors are not a good way of evaluating defense because for Slater I mean that is a very catchable ball but it's not an error because he didn't simply drop it but he he took an error of a route and for Yastrzemski it's not an error but it's a it is because you made the wrong throw and then 
later in the game, there was a ground ball to Brandon Belt, and he had to like dive to his right. And Harleen Garcia didn't cover the base, first base, which is what you're just like the only responsibility you have defensively as a pitcher. If the ground ball to the right side, get over, cover the base. And he didn't. And then Belt makes a throw that's offline behind Garcia. But I mean, Garcia is the one who who screwed up that play. And then Belt gets charged with the error for throwing behind Harleen Garcia, which so Garcia really initiated the bad play, but nothing happens to him. And so fielding percentage, another flaw there. And then just to bury the Giants a little bit more, the, the ball got by Garcia and went over towards the Reds dugout and nobody went to pick it up. They're just standing around like there's the ball just sitting there. There's runners on base and nobody thinks to go get the baseball. Again, a high school team would someone would probably go get the baseball. So it's just unacceptable. This is this is they need to be better. A lot of this and I put this out on Twitter. If you look at the numbers for these guys, these are players who were net positives defensively last year like a lot of the same players are back and a lot of them were positive contributors with the glove last year and now i don't know what the heck has happened to them so coming up next we'll try to figure it out a little bit i also want to talk about andy baggerly wrote an interesting article today in the athletic talking about uh, the giants kind of maybe taking their fans for granted and that maybe things have gotten a little bit stale at the ballpark so i want to get into what he said and talk about my opinion in just a minute. But first, our next uh, partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to see what all the hype was about. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports gut health, immune system, nervous system, energy recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. It's also lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And importantly to me, despite the delicious taste, contains less than one gram of sugar. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. If you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. And for me, this is big because I don't I don't want to go to a store and have to deal with that whole experience. If I can do this online, talk to an expert via chat and get set up with beautiful, unique jewelry, that is a huge win in my book. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked on Giants listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code Locked On. that's code Locked On. plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. 
Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, as promised, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into what's going on defensively. want to talk about the Andy Baggerly piece that I mentioned, and then we're also going to talk about your mean Mercedes was called up to the Giants. So all of that coming up a little bit later. But what I want to I want to wrap up that thought about the Giants defense and and the thing I was able to not able to, but the thing I put out on Twitter, um, I just thought, you know, because there's a lot of talk about how the Giants like they should have. Why would they get all these ground ball pitchers and then have a terrible defense behind them, or? Why didn't they sign this player who was going to help the defense? Well, there was no reason to expect that the Giants would be such a bad defensive team because it's largely the same team and they were not bad last year. And we're talking about guys like Brandon Crawford and Evan Longoria and Austin Slater. These are guys who are known for being good defensive players. So it really is just a little bit perplexing and I just can't quite understand what's going on and why it's so team-wide and how it just seems to keep coming up. But for example, Brandon Crawford in 2021, according to Baseball Savant, and this is like StatCast-based data, uh, they've created this outs above average metric and Brandon Crawford last year was at plus 15 and this year minus four, a 19 out swing. And Darren Ruff last year. That's the thing. Ruff, he's a guy I was crediting him for being underrated defensively. You think you look at Darren Ruff and you're like, wow, he's probably not a good defender, especially in the outfield. But he was. He was completely adequate, if not a net positive in the outfield even. And that has completely not been the case this year. He's looked like we thought he should look in years past. He just looks big and slow and unathletic and It's just been a disaster. And part of this is like where the ball is being hit. It's just being hit right outside of his range. And maybe he wasn't challenged in that way just by luck. The ball didn't quite challenge him in that way last year or even the year before. But this year, it's just finding that spot that he can't quite get to. Makes a big dive. Ball rolls past him. It's just been ugly out there. Uh, And so Darren Ruff last year, according to outs above average, plus four this year minus five Mike Yastrzemski last year plus six this year zero Tyro Estrada last year plus two this year minus three Brandon Belt last year plus two this year minus three so we're about halfway through the season not quite there yet but about halfway and according to baseball savant uh, the Giants last year they were at plus 24 runs prevented by their defense This year, they're at minus 12. Excuse me, for these five, I don't have the numbers pulled up right here, but for these five specifically, just because this is the biggest differences I saw between last year and this year was these five. And for Belt, it's like kind of not fair. He hasn't played that much. Uh, For Crawford, it, it is fair. I mean, he's played a lot, and that's a stark from plus 15 to minus four. And again, last year is a full season. This year, we're looking at less than half a year, but almost half a year. But for these five, they combine for plus 24 runs prevented. And this year they're at minus 12. And so if you say last year, if you just cut it in half and say maybe at about halfway through the season, they were at plus 12. This year, halfway through the season, minus 12. So that's a minus 24 run swing in the negative direction, obviously. So 
24 runs is a big deal. Like right now, the Giants run differential is plus 40. Imagine if it was plus 64. And that's ex- that happens to be exactly what the Padres run differential is, is plus 64. And for them, that has an expected win-loss record of 44 and 31. So it's kind of saying maybe, maybe if the Giants defense was simply as good as it was last year, well, well, no, I'm just talking about five players. So we'd have to look at the whole team. But just from five players to have a that's crazy. I mean, maybe it's even more dramatic if you look at everybody and we could do that later. But 24 runs is a lot like the Giants have allowed 312 runs on the season. So 24 runs is not uh, 10%, but it's not too far off that it's uh, 7.7% of their runs allowed. If you took that off the board, imagine preventing 8% more runs just by having these guys play like they played last year is essentially what that means somewhat. So what can they do about this? Well, I don't know. They they might want to think about acquiring. If they're going to make a trade, maybe start thinking about defense a little bit more. And also they need to just work with these guys. And I don't quite understand. I mean, Kai Correa, I think is in charge of at least infield defense. I'm not sure if he's in charge of the outfielders, but they just need to work on it and they need to be better and get out of their heads and just make the routine play. But they're still in a good position. That's what I just have to say is they're 39 and 33. They're half a game out of a wild card spot. I continue to say this, but the division should never have been the most likely outcome. It's obviously the goal, but, uh, you look at the Dodgers. I mean, that the talent on that team is undeniable and the Giants simply on a talent level last year and this year is just not the Giants aren't at that same level. The Giants do it in a different way. And so I've always thought the wild card is the more likely route to the playoffs for the Giants and they're just half a game out of a wild card spot and they're two games behind Atlanta for the second wild card spot. And behind the Giants, there aren't a lot of teams that are really a serious threat. The Phillies are the team immediately behind the Giants, and the Phillies just lost Bryce Harper, who is so important to that team. And without him, I kind of don't give them much of a shot. And he broke his thumb, and he might be out for the season. So that's a huge deal for them. And then the Marlins, who have the good run differential, but they're only 33 and 38. And when I say good, I mean it's positive, which suggests they should be a winning team, but they're 33 and 38. So really, the teams the Giants are battling with are the Padres, the Braves, and the Cardinals. And so the Cardinals, that's the team to watch. They did lose yesterday. The Braves lost, even though it was to the Dodgers. I must say that, like, I get you don't ever want to root for the Dodgers, but I think that the Braves losing has more of a positive impact on the Giants' playoff chances than the Dodgers losing. And, I mean, the Giants are six and a half games out of the division. So I would encourage fans, I know you're never going to root for the Dodgers and you always want them to lose, but the reality is the Braves losing last night and the Dodgers winning helps the Giants. Just the reality of it, in my opinion, unless you just really think it's division or bust. But uh, what's more likely to make up half a game or to make up six and a half games, right? It's obvious. So anyway, I'd be watching, if you're scoreboard watching, the Padres, the Braves, the Cardinals, and the Brewers and Cardinals have kind of flip-flopped in that division at times. And so it's whoever's in second place in that division, or do you just want them both to lose because, you know, one might end up in second place. So anyway... 
despite all their deficiencies, the Giants are still in a solid position. And it's pretty crazy. Like they're 39 and 33. And I've heard somebody say this and I kind of agree. The Giants look like the worst good team in the majors. <laughs> that That's a good way of putting it. They're like a good team, quote unquote, but yet they've played like the worst one. And what's crazy is that they've played this poorly that it makes us not complain but just be critical and want to pull our hair out and you can't it's unwatchable at times and yet they have a winning record and a plus 40 run differential like a few years ago we would have done anything for a winning record but now it's like it's not good enough and you expect more and so for me I see that as somewhat of a positive that they've played they have not played their best baseball at all and yet they're still in the position they're in. Although they were 13 and 5 to start the year and they're 25 and 27 since. So it's a sustained period of time where they have been a little bit below 500 and the run differential since that time matches up with that record. I think it's minus 7 over their last 52 with a 25 and 27 record. So they have to be better. They lost two out of three to the Reds twice. It's embarrassing, but they're trying. And I think that they need some help, and your mean Mercedes was called up. Brandon Crawford was put on the injured list. Coming up next, I know I said last time we were going to talk about this, but I want to get into the Andy Baggerly point. I think it's a good one, and it was said in an, at an appropriate time. It's about the not just the team on the field, but also the experience at the ballpark and how maybe it's gotten a little bit stale. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including... Uh, well, the NHL uh, Stanley Cup finals are over, but Major League Baseball is obviously in full swing and there's a lot of action you can check out there at Bet Online. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. They've got some updated baseball playoff odds, and this might be a, a good opportunity when people are probably down on the Giants to possibly buy low on the Giants making the postseason. I would check. I would encourage you to check that out. So head to the website, like I said, BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, as promised, we are going to I just want to address that Andy Baggerly article. By the way, just to kind of get it out of the way, Yermin Mercedes was called up and he is an exciting player, an interesting player. Uh he's not a good defender, which is funny. Like we're talking about what can they do to address the defense and then they call up Yermin Mercedes. It's almost like they just don't think it matters as much as we do. And maybe they're right. I'm sure they have their reasons. But also, again, like they just expect a lot of these guys to be better because there's there was no reason to expect them to be this bad. So maybe they just expect positive regression from a number of guys. But anyway, your mean Mercedes was called up as Crawford was put on put on the injured list. Mercedes is a right handed hitter. The kind of quick and dirty scouting report is that he can hit. He can absolutely hit. And if you look at his numbers against lefties, they're monstrous, even though it's a small sample. It's a really interesting and good uh, body of work. And the strikeout rate is like south of 10% while he hits for power and average and on base against left-handed pitching. And Tigers are going to come into town on Tuesday and Tarek Skubal 
is going to make the start. And he's a, a good young lefty. And so I would expect Yermin Mercedes to make his first start with the Giants on Tuesday. So anyway, Crawford goes on the IL with the knee thing. I think they just kind of want to give him a, a breather because his performance has suffered on the field and at the plate. And he's banged up. But I don't think they expect him to miss more than the requisite 10 days. So, But expect Mercedes in the lineup in the meantime against lefties. And then off the bench as a pinch hitter against lefties as well. So the Baggerly article, just to kind of make that final point, I thought it came at a good time. And he basically, I thought he did a good job of not just being like emotionally caught up in the moment of the team playing poorly, but he also made some big picture points, which is that are the Giants basically taking for granted their fans? Because in the offseason, they made more prudent moves i personally i think when i was asked to grade the giants offseason gave them a c minus believe that's what i gave them i liked what they did with the pitching staff which in retrospect i mean everybody it wasn't just me most people thought this the starting pitching was going to be the real strength of the team and i think at the top rodon and webb is about as good as it gets in the league right now but besides that and junis was a great pickup but webb or excuse me wood and di have not pitched well and Di Scofani obviously dealing with an injury, so it's kind of unfair to evaluate him yet, I think. It's been less than 20 innings, so give him some time, but it's been ugly. But uh, the point was, okay, so they I liked what they did with the starting pitching. They didn't really change the bullpen, and that bullpen led the league in ERA. But on offense, their pickup, again, though, like we look back on this, okay, they got Jock Peterson. Well, Jock Peterson has been like their best player. And so at least on the position player side, so it's hard to get overly critical about who they signed, but it's like, could you have done more? And the reason I gave them a C minus was because there were all, there was all this star talent position player. There were all these star position players out there to sign and the Giants didn't get any of them. And you thought that they would because they had all this money coming off the books and they didn't. Baggerly cites their payroll, which I think is the incorrect way to cite it. He says it's 140 million. Uh, it's I don't think that's accounting for players earning the league minimum, and the league minimum is close to a million dollars. And the Giants have several of those guys, so that adds up. And then also like uh, buyouts on options. I think that kind of gets formulated in. And their luxury tax payroll is like 180 million dollars, and he Baggerly says their payroll is 140. So the luxury tax payroll is calculated differently, but I think their payroll is closer to 170 million than 140 million. But I, I guess we can argue about that. But uh, the point is, could they have done more? And of course, they could have done more. And it did seem like they were just being careful. They've they've kept their payroll consistently in the like 165 million dollar range the last few years, and so it does seem like that's kind of a number that they want to be around. And so he made the point like, could you have? There was no reason you couldn't add Rodon and bring back Kevin Gosman instead of Di Scalfani and or Wood. I think that it's really easy to say that right now, right? Because in the offseason, we we were talking about Gosman struggled in the second half. He's a two-pitch guy. There's data that like the number one pitch to decline as a pitcher gets older is the fastball, four-seam fastball. And Gosman is heavily reliant on that four-seam fastball. And he gets a five-year deal. And they're not thinking about just year one. They're thinking about two, three, four, and five as well. So I think that it made a little bit of sense not to 
just do whatever it took to bring back Gosman, but he wanted to come back and maybe you could have gotten him on a team friendly deal. But the point is it didn't have to be just Gosman. Why not get Scherzer and Rodon, right? You could have just done more. And then Baggerly makes the point about Trevor Story and how he would have helped the defense. And again, we didn't really expect the defense to be such a problem. So it's easier to say now. And also Story has been like league average offensively this year, but he has been a real positive defensively and as a base runner. So overall, a good player. So it's easy to look back in hindsight and judge everything and say, why didn't you sign the guys who are doing well and just kind of ignore the guys who aren't doing well? And there are a lot of big players who are not doing well. But at the same time, I think the point is well taken that they just, it was overall disappointing. Like I said, that I gave them a C minus that they didn't do more. And then Baggerly makes the point about the ballpark experience being stale. And I could not agree more with that. I just am shocked when they still are playing don't stop believing, like in the late innings when the Giants are trailing. It's unbelievable not to bury them too much, but that's kind of the theme of the show today. But the fact that you can't come up with anything new and creative in 12 years is kind of shocking. And he ma- he compares them to the rest of the league and in Atlanta. And I've thought the same thing and, and about the Dodgers and the Braves. They've got this much more in entertaining ballpark experience versus the Giants who are stuck in 2010 playing the same songs and the same little shticks at the ballpark that they've been doing for 12 years. And it's old and it's stale. And they, it's it's kind of a reflection. I, I, I've been around the room in which these decisions are being made. And so I understand what it would take to, to change it. And somebody just has to say something. And I'm glad that Baggerly did. And I hope it gets around to the people who are making these calls because it really is a stale experience at the ballpark in that way, in my opinion. And also the television broadcast... I'm sorry, but the harsh reality is a lot of the stuff on the broadcast, the stats they show are outdated. It's like average home runs, RBI for everything. Platoon splits. That is not a good way to look at platoon splits at all. Show me the slash line and show me how many plate appearances. Show me career numbers. Single seat. It's just not good. And the camera shot behind home plate is a terrible shot. Like somebody needs to tell these people. Somebody just needs to speak up about some of this stuff. And I agree that the Giants aren't doing the best job in a lot of these areas. Other broadcasts, I watch a lot of games. They show much more interesting stats. And you need someone who understands what stats are important and which ones are not. Like, how he, what is his batting average on Tuesday nights on turf is not a relevant stat. So don't show me that. But there are better like metrics, like weighted runs created plus, uh, OPS even, like the White Sox broadcast, they're they're also Comcast. They have the exact same everything as the Giants broadcast. But instead of just showing batting average for everything, they show OPS like in the starting lineups. And that's an improvement. And the Giants on the scoreboard, when this big new scoreboard first came up, they showed average on base and slugging as the three things they were showing underneath a hitter. But now they just show average home runs RBI. Like somebody told them that they didn't like it. And they went back from something that was an improvement back to something taking steps backwards. And so I don't like that either. So anyway, we're negative on the show today. Giants need to win some games and we'll stop being so uh, negative. But anyway, just had to vent about that. And, and I would encourage you to check out the article in The Athletic by Andy Baggerly. 
just worth saying because a lot of times people just don't challenge these authorities that are putting out this content and those with with a voice if they don't agree with it go ahead and use that that voice and so that's what baggerly was doing and that's what i'm doing a little bit as well anyway that's all the time we have for today thanks again for making locked on giants your first listen every day uh once again my name is ben kaspik check me out on twitter at ben kaspik k-a-s-p-i-c-k if you like this show please consider hitting that five star button thumbs up button whatever you can do to help us out would be greatly appreciated. So thanks in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow doing a mailbag. So look out on Twitter for the prompt. Thanks again for listening. Stay locked on Giants.